Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, Becky. Hey. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Who is this? Maybe I'm right behind you. <laughs> Welcome to Talkin' Tofu, a vegan food podcast. I'm David Streepy, and I don't know where Becky Streepy is. This week on the show, we were going to eat a whole bunch of Halloween candy and talk about Scream 2, but she's missing. <laughs> Dave, oh, God. I just ran back here. What There's happened? a killer. A killer? He's wearing a really weird mask. A ghost face. A big ghost, spooky, yes. melting ghost face. Apparently, it's referred to as a ghost face. Oh. And not a scream mask. But we'll get to that. <laughs> They're not going to refer to it as a scream mask in the movie Scream. No. So hearing how they refer to it in that world helps inform how maybe we should refer to it uh, like neutrally. Yeah. Without like attaching it to Scream. But we'll get there. We will. How's it going? Dave. Oh my goodness. What? I just got back from Kroger. Yeah. Where I purchased, I think, every kind of um, Halloween candy you can give away that was in their Halloween section. Yeah, I'm a little concerned looking at it because I already have a bit of a stomach ache. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, me too. I'm so looking at it. We We're... just had a huge breakfast um, yeah. of just egg scramble with chow cheese shreds and broccoli in it. And then we had a huge bowl of grits that we all split. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. had some uh, Morningstar sausages for me and, and the, the kiddo. And me and the kiddo also had French fries. Sure did. And so here's the thing about Just Egg, and I love Just Egg. You know I love Just Egg, right? You famously love Just Egg. Like the liquid. The the and bottle the, of liquid. And that sous -vide And the sous -vide, bite. yeah. Spoilers for Previous you know, last week's episode, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing about it is sometimes it comes and it's bad. Yes. You know, I've been seeing people on Twitter complaining about that too. It's a thing lately with just egg. It's weird that we're giving that a pass. It is weird. I've seen a few people on vegan Twitter be like, I'm done with just egg because I am not spending $5 for this chunky rancid stuff yeah. that comes out of the bottle. And we had a real chunker a couple of weekends ago. We did. And I thought maybe it had just gone you thought bad. It was fine. And oh, yeah. <laughs> you told me to, I smelled it and was like, is this weird to you? And you famously cannot smell anything. What are you talking about? And then what? You can't. I have a great sense of smell. All right. This is a podcast. Yeah. This isn't a place for lies. I'm not lying. You don't have a great sense of smell. Admit it. I think I do have a good we sense. We talk all the time about how you can't smell the thing that I'm smelling. 
You can never smell the thing that I'm smelling. Oh yeah, that's it. That is true. Yes, this has been true for decades. <laughs> wow, Dave, you got me rethinking something that I really never... thought I knew about myself. So you just thought it was just a lot of instances where you couldn't smell something, but not a general <laughs> fact that you couldn't smell things. I didn't add those up to be like okay. a, a personality trait. <laughs> so I opened one up and I sniffed it and I handed it and I got a little, like I made a face and then I handed it to you and you sniffed it and we're like, yeah, that's fine. But you know, I can't smell anything. You said that. Oh, so I? that's another weird thing that you're... <laughs> No, I meant I can't smell now. anything coming out of the box. You said you nodded to a larger phenomenon of, but you know I can't smell anything. Oh. <laughs> well, I also have a famously so then, bad memory, yeah, so I'm going to go with too. your take on this. So then I poured it into the pan Whoa. and it just like plopped out into the pan. <laughs> so gross. It was really gross. So I won there. Like that was definitely like, did not make that. You know, used a different pan. I was so, I'm such a weirdo with food. Well, the amount of cleaning you want to do after something plops into your pan like that is you want to make breakfast first and deal with that later. But it's like if a fork comes out of the drawer and the fork goes anywhere in between its trip to the plate, like I'm just going to get another fork because the fork's been ruined. Like that's how (laughs) I am about like clean silverware and stuff i'm aware yeah i know but that towelhead is not our dishwasher is aware of what we do with silverware right cadre doesn't know and i'm telling cadre cadre i'm sorry that the dishwasher load is high i'm sorry (laughs) that that's a specific (laughs) pain point anyway so that was like a clear like flagrant foul from just egg on that instance but I've got a little bit of every time wondering if the just egg is going to be bad. Yeah. You know what? There was a period where the tofu, there was a period piece where <laughs> the tofu that I was getting from Kroger, should I name the grocery store? I did it. Yes. Was like, it was 50-50 going to be rancid. And I remember that feeling of opening a package and being like, is this going to ruin dinner or not? And right. I feel like that's what you're experiencing now and it sucks. Yeah. Because you also know that it's probably a problem that's going to blow over. And so you feel like you could just play through, like maybe now it's over, but right. but then it's rancid again. I feel like if there's no chunk, play ball, right? Mm-hmm. And then today I opened up the lid of ours and it went, <laughs> like it, it gave me the little burp. And flinged out a little piece of just egg onto my hand. It was tiny. It was like a period on a piece of paper, a period piece on a piece of paper. <laughs> and <laughs> so, but I, I rolled with it because I was like, you're being ridiculous. Just make the just egg, you know? So cut to the end of the meal where two thirds of us have stomach aches. I don't know how you're feeling. But um, I'm willing to chalk it up to just too much food. We just had too much food, and now we're going to eat a bunch of candy. And I'm worried about that. And, That's the whole and popcorn because there were also these popcorns popcorn. that looked. We like, know what popcorn tastes like. This is the this is boom chick pop kettle corn. Angie, listen. Angie. Angie. Apparently the company that makes Boom Chicka Pop is called Angie's. Angie's. Yeah. Everyone. I didn't know that until just now when I was faced with that label. Yeah. So we're back on our afternoon bullshit. Yeah. No more talking tofu nights. Can you tell the difference? No more morning. Now it's just afternoon. Midday on a Saturday. So we've had enough weekend has gone by for us to start getting on each other's nerves (laughs) as a family. (laughs) A lot of togetherness. Yeah. 
Although I didn't see you a lot this morning. Mm-mm. No, actually, I did because we all woke up really early this morning. You did. Yeah. It was actually very sweet and wonderful. Mm-hmm. We just all hung out and it was very sweet. Somebody got in our bed and was all snuggly and chatty and book reedy and needed lights to read the book. So you had to turn the lights on at seven in the morning. Yeah, it was a lot, yeah. but it was wonderful too. Yeah. Uh, so, but what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about Scream. Two. Two. Scream 2. We were going to watch Scream, and then we realized that neither of us had seen Scream 2 and decided, wouldn't that be a fun yeah. fun little adventure? So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And while we do that, we're going to eat Halloween candy. So what I did to get the candy was I went to Kroger today, which is, uh, this is the Saturday before Halloween weekend. And um, I kind of wanted it to be last minute because when this episode comes out, it will be the day before Halloween weekend. And so I feel like anyone who's using our um, candy insights will also be running to the store last minute to grab a bunch of candy. I wonder if anybody has ever called it Halloween. <gasps> Surely. Yeah, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that my quietness that you're going to have to correct and edit? I do, will have to boost that joke I'm if sorry. I want to keep it in. Yeah. If you want to keep it in, this is the <laughs> shit that I'm talking about. Hey, Dave. Hey. How are you? So there's something I did want to talk about. Yes, dear. I wanted to talk about a dream that I had. Oh, okay. So I'm good, by the way. Okay. Yeah. It's a gorgeous day. It really is. Went on a run. Just beautiful out. beautiful day. Everybody's smiling. Good vibes all around. This is like the 30 seconds of fall that we get in Atlanta. Yeah. It's been like a week now. It's wonderful. It's crisp fall weather. The acorns are falling. Yeah. If you hear thwacking sounds, that's acorns hitting the roof of the house. We have Can't a large, control that. We have a large tr- oak tree directly over our house. And f- every October, it spends the entire month just like pummeling acorns down on the roof. So you just get every couple of seconds, all the cars, all the neighboring houses. Hey, one just fell. Like you just get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, if okay. we waited for the acorns to stop, we would just not record any episodes for a month and a half. So I had a dream that was just such an impressive dream that I had to talk about it. But it takes a little bit of a windup, and the windup is not worth it. So, <laughs> but it has to to make sense. So right now we're reading a sci-fi series called Red Rising. Recommended. Yeah, highly recommended. Oh. I'm a little bit further along than Becky is. But that's because I started it earlier, got so into it and recommended it. I was like, you gotta, you gotta read this. But I was in the middle of a book and I had to finish that before I started the series. Anyway, yeah. I'm way behind Dave. So there's there's a part of Red Rising. I don't want to give away too much. I don't really want to give away anything. But um, Yeah, don't give away a thing. I'm that's not, the whole thing about Red but, Rising is that right. there's twists and turns. Right. But there are youths. In Red Rising, right? Yes, there okay. are youths. And the youths are grouped together. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the leader of each group is referred to as a proctor. Yep. So it's like a headmaster kind of, you know? Yeah. Anyway. That all checks out. That's as, as far as I'm going to go. That's as far as I need to go. Okay. okay. So we're doing that. We also watched Squid Game. Yeah, we did. Which is Squid Game, you know? If you haven't watched Squid Game, what are you doing? Yeah. Turn off this podcast and go watch it right now. Yeah. We also, we're not huge reality people. We like Drag Race. 
Dave, like, you know what I'm thinking? What? Can I say? What? I think that we are kind of reality we're people. We're getting to be big reality people. Yeah. I'm saying we're not huge reality people. Yeah, not yet. So, we're on, but the on one, the road. This is a significant, if if one would let me get there. Sorry. The thing See, that I'll got have us- to bring up that sorry if I want to keep it in. The, sorry. The thing that got us into- Can I proceed? <laughs> the thing that got us into watching more reality was The Circle. And we're pretty big fans of The Circle. Yeah. We gobble it up when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, I've got some notes. But yeah. maybe that's for maybe that's for the Patreon. Um, <laughs> and We famously don't have a Patreon. And we're also uh, pretty liberal, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's the wind up. Okay. So here's the dream that I had. <laughs> oh, gosh. I forgot what this was all for. So the dream that I had was that I was in a squid game type scenario where instead of participating in games where I had to survive, I was voting for which of the other players I wanted to be killed. Ah, like the circle. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my proctor monitoring my progress was Bernie Sanders course and bernie sanders was yelling at me not because i was choosing people to die but because i was choosing the wrong people to die (laughs) i can't imagine anything scarier than being yelled at by bernie Sanders. maybe there's a little bit of like twitter hate scrolling right-wing twitter too that's feeding into that that dream too but uh, it was a weird, like, that's an impressive mashup. That is. Of all of those elements of, like, relevant things, like, finding a way to work together. I can't take credit for that, you know? That's just a such a weirdly specific subconscious arrangement mm-hmm. that, like, in, in Tetris fashion, everything fit together, like, perfectly, you know? That is some dream. Was it, how was it, did you feel during the dream? Were you scared? Were you like stressed out? I was stressed out because Bernie Sanders was yelling at me. But not because you were voting people to be killed? No, no. no. I think I was more like Ender's Gamey about it probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I, I was just detached from it. Yeah. You know? I get that. Because I think like. Dave also plays a lot of video games. Right. Which could also have been part of that detachment. Yeah. You know? I also feel like they're pretty detached about halfway through Squid Game. Yeah. Like you just kind of have to be. You would. Yeah. That's so dream. Anyway, weird dream. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Hey. That's all you wanted to say was, wow, that's a weird dream. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't want to give away anything about Red Rising, and I'm afraid that I will. But what would you have done in that situation? I yelled back at Bernie, and I said, <laughs> I'm trying my best. I probably would have snarked at Bernie. Yeah. And then gotten in more trouble. Why would Bernie be there? I don't know. Cool that you got to meet Bernie Sanders. I'm sorry he yelled at you. I don't think he knew my name. Gosh, I need you. That's just even... a number. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Wanna well, thanks for your analysis. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just else. read the fucking letter. <laughs> Woo! Jen writes Dear Talking Tofu. 
I just made my favorite fall soup from New York Times Vegetarian Thanksgiving 2011. I clicked on the link that she sent. It did not work, but I think I found the soup. It is my go-to soup that I make the moment fall is in the air. What are your favorite fall soups? Sending cozy sweater vibes. It's a Jerusalem artichoke soup with crispy sage leaves. What is a Jerusalem artichoke? Oh, we've had them. They're sun, sun chokes. We used to get them a lot with um, vegetable husband. It's like a root no. vegetable. Tastes a lot like artichoke, but it's got that like root vegetable texture, like sort of like a turnip maybe uh-huh. in texture, but with a nice strong artichoke flavor. It's lovely. It's very nice roasted or pureed into soups, which it looks like New York Times cooking did based on this thumbnail. I got to upgrade to my subscription to get access to Don't do that. the soup. It says if you want to look at the soup section, you need more than a basic subscription. Seriously? No, but if you want recipes. Oh, don't upgrade. It's I, I was able to see it before. I don't know why I can't see it now, but um, it's from the recipe is from Candle 79, which is a super Ooh. great uh, restaurant in New York. Yeah. Candle 79. Are they still around? Weren't they in trouble? I think that they might have closed, but their soup bummer. lives on in New York Times cooking. So, Dave, what are your favorite fall soups? All right. This is easy mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a soupy guy. Me, I'm a soupy and, gal. Yeah. Um, so, I really, really like a corn chowder. Oh, yes. We do a corn and potato chowder. That we got a recipe from our friend Emily ages ago. That's the, the, the soup swap from oh. like 2008. I'm serious, like uh, ages ago. I've made it so many times right. and modified it so much that I have a recipe for it on my website, too. Ooh. I'm going to give Emily that nod. I will have to yeah. try to remember to Get go back there. and do that. Maybe I did. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I'm not giving her last name, but I will let her know that we're shouting out her corn chowder recipe. Because we loved it so much, she then gave us the recipe later. <laughs> <laughs> this is from a soup swap. So that's my, my jam. Um, I also... I don't know if this is a fall soup. This is an anytime soup. Coconut soup with noodles and dumplings in it, bok choy. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. an all the time soup. That soup needs a name. But it's great in the fall. Yeah. I make it. But in- it's great in the fall. I don't know yes. why I got. You can do it. Usually I do dumplings or noodles. And if I do dumplings, I do it in the Instant Pot. I and like them both. It is nice to have I both. I like both are in there. And the fun thing about the dumplings you can cut them open, and then it's like you're opening a seasoning packet into your soup, and you get the yes! dumpling that's inside the soup. I like to use the Trader Joe's gyoza for that. Yeah. I feel like it works really well. Yeah, I agree. Um, those are those are the two big ones that come to mind. I'm not a tomato base guy. I don't like tomato base. So those are both two like hearty soups that uh, avoid tomatoes. Now... Over to you for the tomato soups. Well, so I also put the coconut soup on the list, although I like that red curry one with tofu that we do. It's also in the Instant Pot. Mm. And then um, my friend Amy from Veggie Save the Day has a wild rice soup also in the Instant Pot. It is really good. I've made it. I like bought a bunch of wild rice and made it a bunch of times and really miss it. I need to get more wild rice so we can have it again. Yeah. It's really good. It's like full of veggies and it's creamy. It's really nice. Yeah. Like while the soup cooks, you make a cashew cream to finish it with to make it nice and rich. Um, and also. I like cash. Ooh. Cash. Ooh. 
And then there's a tomato eggplant soup that I really like. That's just, that's Dave's nightmare. <laughs> Dave's yeah. just giving himself a victory lap for cash. Ooh. It was pretty good. It was. It was. Thanks for pointing that out to the listener. Um, um, that is a pureed soup. You can't even tell there's eggplant in it because I fed it to the kid who hates eggplant mm, and he loved it. Mm, and it, then I also do a pumpkin black bean soup, which is also pureed. And I love that. Nothing says fall to me like a winter squash. Weirdly, because I, it's a not a fall squash. I don't know that there's a fall squash or a winter squash that I like. I like a summer squash. Yeah. I like a yellow squash. Mm-hmm. Like a like a big old suggestive yellow squash, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or a zucchini. Yeah. But you start getting into that butternut shit or an acorn squash, oh. you lose me. You lose me so fast. It's really weird. I love winter squash so much. It's so not good. It's, it's not. Delightful. Yeah, it, Maybe it's that part of your mouth that likes sweet potatoes too, likes those things. I think you might be right about yeah. that. Yeah. It's not even a joke. No, I agree with you. It probably is that part of your mouth. Yeah, because I don't like that either. I don't like sweet potatoes. Yeah. The other night I made a noodle bowl with purple sweet potatoes. I got these like teeny baby bok choy at the Buford Highway Farmer's Market. Weren't they cute? I thought they were cute. Or no, it was at H Mart. I uh, sliced them just in half and then roasted them whole because they were so little. Like a half of them was a mouthful. Um, it was like thumb height, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit bigger than thumb height. If you have a big thumb, it's that height. But yeah. a normal thumb, it's, it needs to be a little bit bigger than a normal thumb height. Yeah. Wider because of how bok choy is yeah. shaped. But it was like thumb height, little bok choys. They were so cute. It's like if your thumb was sideways, mm-hmm. it would be normal thumb width. Yeah, so yeah. So normal thumb width and then thumb plus a little bit more height mm-hmm. or big thumb height. And then... Big thumb height and less than big thumb width. If we're just going to stay purely on big thumb as a unit. Okay. Or yeah. if you want a normal thumb, uh-huh. it feels bad saying normal thumb. Conventional thumb. Average thumb? Average thumb. Better. Average thumb is a little bit bigger in height than the average thumb. But if you turn that average thumb sideways, that's that's the the width of it. And a purple sweet potato, which I also diced up. Well, that I diced up. I didn't dice up the bok choy, as I just said. And then I roasted them in the oven. The bok choy only takes like 10 minutes, but the sweet potato took about a half hour. Um, So I made the noodle bowls. I put it all together. Um, I guess I've never fed my family purple sweet potato before, which is an oversight on my part. Mm. But they both thought it was beets. And Dave was super let down to discover that they were sweet potatoes. And the kid basically threw a party when he found out it was sweet potatoes and not beets. Yeah. He doesn't like beets. Likes really sweet potatoes. Doesn't. I love beets. Don't like sweet potatoes. Do you see what I'm working with, Toeheads? <laughs> I like I don't like to publicly ding ya. But I couldn't have been more disappointed. I know you really didn't like them. It's and they but, were delightful. They were crispy on the outside and then tender, starchy, sweet on the inside. And then the color is just incredible. I love a purple sweet potato. But it's like with bok choy and ramen noodles, it's like you're hitting a home run and you're going around first base and you're going around second base and you're going around third base and then your legs just fall off. <laughs> and you can't do anything. That's what the sweet potatoes were, were that. Yeah. It was like, it was 
my my dream dish before that. That's what made it such a yeah such a hard like discovery. Well, I'm sorry for the letdown. What should we start with? We got ring pop. You said ring pop. Okay. This is such a bad idea. I got so much candy. So, so these did are... you take a picture of the pile of candy? I was gonna make a pile later and oh, take a picture. I think you should take a... I'm gonna take a picture of you sitting next to that pile of candy. Perfect. Okay. Ring pop. So I don't oh, it includes tongue painters. Color oh, yeah. your tongue. Hell yeah. 22 pops, Halloween variety bag. I don't know how much each item was. It was not labeled at the Kroger. Like what, the prices? There were no prices Are on you anything. Are telling me that you don't look at price tags? I didn't this time. Wow. This has, though, a vampire and a witch on that it. And the vampire witch... is having a ball. Oh, he is going to bite into he's that like, ring pop. This is my season. Oh, the witch is having fun, too. Yeah. There's a ghost back there partying. Is he having fun? Everybody's so happy. So I'm just going to grab a random color. Ooh. I got a tongue painter. I got a red one. Are they all tongue painters? They are. All right. Are I they? got I got purple. Purple Wait. berry punch. What are the flavors? I got straw strawberry. Oh, I'll trade you. I got purple berry punch. I don't trust that either. Okay, well, I'll take strawberry. That sounds good to me. It looks like those are our oh wait, what's this? I want a cherry. Blue raspberry, your favorite. Oh. How about that's another purple berry, Dave? I think you it's strawberry right. or purple berry. What do yeah, you? I'm choose? gonna have strawberry. All right, I'll eat the purple berry. No, I want purple berry. All right, a lot of crinkling this episode, so buckle up, oh, everybody. Oh, a lot of snacking probably too. Do we have somewhere to put this when we're done? Oh yeah, let me get a bag. Ah, ha ha ha! Like Mine is chips. Left a little piece of inside it, so that's gonna ding its appraisal value. Are we going to rate each of these? No. Okay. But we, we can talk about... Is Ding the appraisal value was a joke because it's <gasps> oh, a ring. Oh, because it's a ring. I'm back. Mine's like runneth over. Look at that. Yeah, mine's, mine got a little oozy too. I forgot how fun ring pops were. This reminds me of ice skating. We'd get them and then we'd skate and eat our ring pops at the same time. That seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. God, this is bad. And it reminds me so much, though, of like sixth grade that it's delightful. See, mine's good. I think mine's good. Want to trade? Uh, gross. Dave, we kiss each other. Yeah, we do. Do you want to trade? No. I want to try the purple berry. I don't, wanna, I don't I'm not. All right. Try it. It's fine. You're, you'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Yours is good. Yeah, this, this is tastes, bad. This tastes like watermelon. It does taste like watermelon. It's strawberry. It says strawberry? Yeah. Yours is good. It tastes like blackberry. Yeah, that one's good. It tastes like a tropical fruit flavor of something. So we watched Scream 2 because, like Becky said, we both realized that neither of us had seen it. I'd never seen any Scream other than Scream, and I was really excited to watch it. I'm going to watch all of them, I think. Maybe even this Halloween season. I've been on a real kick this spooky season of watching quote-unquote scary movies that I haven't seen before. So let's so, talk a little bit about Scream 2. You printed this one out at uh, very large. 
It this was the option. Okay. Um, so one thing, the first line in the wick we printed out the Wikipedia to help guide us through this discussion because I don't remember things. Um, but one of the first moments of the film, actually, no, it wasn't one of the first moments of the film, but one of the first moments when we see Nev Campbell in the film, mm-hmm. who is our heroine, um, she's getting ready to go somewhere, and mm-hmm. in her closet, like very prominently displayed, is a striped sweater that looks like a Freddy sweater. Yeah. And I pointed it out to Dave, and he said, well, this is a Wes Craven movie. Right. I was surprised. It was a great call, a great catch. I was really proud was, of myself. I was proud of you, too. I threw myself a party Yeah. for catching that, but also, um, what a cool little Easter egg, too. Yeah, that's fun. Just a fun little thing. It's fun. There's a little... uh. Friday the 13th, which obviously Craven did not do, um, but a fun little nod to that when Cece is on the phone and looks up the stairs and whoever she's talking to on the phone goes, which is like a mnemonic that's used a lot in um, Friday the 13th. Oh, that's cool. I mean, the whole thing about Scream, I guess, is the homage and the self-referential, like, Telling you what it's doing while it's doing it and still having it work somehow, you know? Yeah, it super does that. At the beginning of the movie, you are watching a couple in line to go see a movie called Stab, Mm -hmm. which is basically Scream 1. So, like, in the Scream-iverse, Scream 1 happened. It became a national story. And then they made a movie about it like a fictional movie about it, but it's basically like, so they're going to see Scream 1. Yeah. But it's called yes. Stab. It's called Stab. Yeah. And the star of Stab is a baby Heather Graham. Yeah. I was so delighted. Yes. So. Oh, and the woman in the couple, baby Jada Pinkett. That's right. The, so Heather Graham plays the Drew Barrymore part of Scream 1. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore is not the star of Scream 1, though. She's just like the friend, or she just has the opening scene. Oh, gotcha. And then it switches to Nev Campbell. Mm. Okay. It's been a while. Yeah. Nev Campbell's role in Stab, played by... I forget. Wow. I probably wrote it down. Wow. Tori Spelling plays Nev oh, Campbell's shit. role in... <laughs> this is... The most 90s movie that I think I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. Incredible. Most of my notes, like probably 40% of – that's not most. But 40% of my notes, I would say, are just people's names with exclamation points next to them. (laughs) (laughs) Also, my phone autocorrected Jada to Hatta. Baby Hatta Pinkett. (laughs) Oh, also, I did write my very first note. Dave rented it so we could watch with swears. (laughs) Yeah, because we started watching on the AMC version and – Jada Pinkett was getting dubbed out in like the first scene. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to pay the $4 and, and get these F-bombs. Yeah, we want, we want Scary F-bombs. movie. Yeah, you don't want to get snapped out of it all the time. Yeah. We were doing it for the pod. Yeah. It's for the pod. For the pod. So um, they're in line and she does not want to see this movie. Yeah. And she goes on a rant also about how black people are not well represented in the horror genre. Which I feel like is relevant throughout the movie. I feel like yeah. it caused me to question a lot of theories about who done it. Like, right. why would they make a point, point of that, that out at the early beginning? on? Right. Yeah. Um, which I thought was great. Yeah. Because also, because first of all, correct, but yeah. also it does like kind of like it affects your thinking about who the killer could be. Right. And Jada Pinkett I, and yeah. I'm blanking on the who played the boyfriend. They're the first kills, so they go to stab. 
Yeah. It's a freaking party. Yes. You would not be able to hear the movie in this party of a theater. Everybody's dressed up in the scream mask. Yeah. The the studio gave them out, I guess. It's like opening night. And they have glowing toy (laughs) knives and people are following each other, making stabbing motions around the theater. And literally like jumping up and down, yelling. Yeah. The entire time, turning around and stabbing their friend, like while the movie is playing on the screen in the background, this premiere moment. No one's here to see the movie. Right. It's very weird. So Jada Pinkett goes to the bathroom. Boyfriend no, goes the boyfriend bathroom. goes to the bathroom. And as he's in the bathroom, he's in the stall because the urinals are taken. Uh, and he hears someone in the next stall making a noise so quiet that I couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what noise it was. Sorry, everybody. But he puts his ear up to the to the. I thought it was a sexy noise. I think it probably was. You thought it was a baby noise. I thought it was a, a baby noise, like something funny, the way he like <laughs> chuckled. But then I think you're right. I like the idea of him being like, oh, maybe there's maybe some, there's a joke going on. That maybe if I put my ear to this wall, toilet wall, I can hear this joke that's going on in the stall next door. So he put his ear up to the wall of the stall next door and a knife comes through and stabs him in the ear. Yeah. All the way through. So he dies. I don't get it. And this is true of Scream 1 too. This knife goes through solid objects all the way through. It goes through a front door at some point. It's a Ginsu knife. It's the 90s. It goes through, what are those walls, the stall walls made of? Formica? Plastic? Particle board. Right. Well- if it was particle board, though, and this is like a semi-serious, like it would break. It wouldn't just like slice straight through. Yeah. It would be like that would be the weak point and then there would be a bigger crumbling happening, yeah. you know? The, yeah. It wouldn't be a clean cut. Yeah. This knife just like – it's like a ghost knife. Yeah. It's it wild. Go, passes through what, everything. Yeah. So I'm like, if you've got that, you're unstoppable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So then uh, the boyfriend is dead. And yep. the killer goes and sits down next to the girlfriend in the theater. He puts his jacket on. Yeah, he puts the jacket on. He's yeah. met dressed as the boyfriend. He Smart. was obviously like watching them. Yeah. Um, and he stabs her in what? The belly? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then a couple more times. And then a few more times. And her reaction is to get up in front of the movie screen. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> which, and? Yes. Scream. And she screams. <laughs> Welcome to the movie, so this, everyone. This circus that is happening at at the <laughs> movie theater is still going on as she like drags herself up onto the the stage. And then which also movie theaters have stages? Well, if it's a premiere, maybe like the director said a few words. Maybe, maybe it's that kind of a maybe. I've been to I'll theaters that have that. I'm going okay. to allow it. Thanks. And then stands up and does like a, a like majestic scream before dying. And that like makes the whole place quiet. Yes. And then it goes to the title. Want to try another candy? We have so much candy to try. Yeah. Let's open. Let's do the chocolate. Get this out of the way because it's very rich. Get this and out of bo- the way. Well, we're both very gracious. full. We'll share one. No, I'm going to eat a full. Of, this, this is my favorite peanut butter cup. This is an Unreal Dark Chocolate Peanut Butter Cup. This is the red bag of Unreal Peanut Butter Cups. So this would be the splash out Halloween item. I got these in the natural section, but just at like the Kroger, so I figured it was still fair game. You sure you want a whole one? Yeah. Okay. It's an Unreal. I'll make room. I'm so full. I'm going to do my best, though, for the for the pod. Individually wrapped, 
smaller than like a Reese's cup would be like a regular size Reese's cup, but bigger than a Reese's mini. I feel like a kid getting this out of a trick or treat bowl is going to be disappointed with the size of it. Yeah, they might not appreciate it. And it's not allergy friendly, which I feel like I yeah. feel like that I probably wouldn't put this out just for that reason because we have friends with peanut yeah. allergies and it's a real bummer that their parents have to go through their bag at the end of the night before they can eat anything. That's true. Oh, sorry. This is not allergy friendly. Where's David Streepy friendly? Very David Streepy friendly. Oh, it's delicious. It's the the peanut butter is so soft, almost liquidy, mm-hmm. and it's such a pleasant mouthfeel mm-hmm. to have while you're eating. The The chocolate itself is very hard. Mm-hmm. Not very hard. Not like M&M shell hard, but like it's firm. Mm-hmm. So that firmness and then the little gooey peanut butter in there, ah, it's a dream come true. I'm I'm riding a wave. It's so good. I'm so full oh, that so I, I'll save the rest for later. Weird. This came out December 10th, 1997. What a weird time. Missed to Halloween it. altogether. Wild. Wild. So. Oh, I did want to add one quick thing about the first scene. Um, before she got killed, I did want it to be her. Partly because I mm. thought that the rant that she did kind of set it up. Yeah. Um, and the note that I wrote was, I'd love it if the woman who hates horror movies turns out to be the killer. Just too many mediocre dates and she snaps. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy was awful. He was kind of um, numb to her concerns. Yeah. I felt like if you're in the theater and you're sitting there watching the movie, like you're in at that point. Like you don't you don't need to break down scene by scene what you don't like about the scenes at that point. Yeah. Like that's, that's a drag, you know, she was being kind of a drag, but like he, like she, Heather Graham takes her clothes off and she says something snarky, but then he says he has, <laughs> he has oh, a stiffy, a stiffy. <laughs> oh. It's like the date is over. <laughs> Just leave. Well, that's where we were talking. I guess we were as guilty as the, the audience during this scene because we were talking during it as well. Yeah. Um, about like just meet up after the movie if he wants to go to the movie so bad. Yeah, like isn't that the the best way to handle this? Like, why does what's this forced attendance at a movie for a date? Yeah, he even said there's or she wanted to go to a different movie. She that said was Sandra starting. Bullock is playing down the street. She didn't say what movie. She just said Sandra Bullock. Her stand up, and so- <laughs> <laughs> she's doing a one woman show down the street. <laughs> just Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she should have gone to see just Sandy. They yeah. could have met up after for a drink. Oh, except they're early age college kids, so maybe a coffee. Mm. Also, they were like thirty. Well, we don't know how old they are. Yeah. Oh no, because they're not. They're not part of the college kids. I think it's as removed as Drew Barrymore from. I thought I wrote a note about that. Oh, it that. says, okay, in the plot synopsis, which again, it's Wikipedia. You should read their saw synopsis. It is not high-level content. Windsor College seniors Maureen Evans and Phil Stevens attend a sneak preview of Stab. Okay. Oh, yeah, because somebody at the school was like, she was in my English class. Oh, gotcha. And so that's when I was like, okay. They're, but they were like clearly in their 30s. Yeah. Playing. But if they're seniors Yeah, college, seniors, that's a little bit better. Glug glug, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just introduce some of the other characters well, and move. Oh, go ahead. Just real quick. So then it cuts to the real 
cast. Like the real movie starts at that point. Yeah. But Nev Campbell wakes up and there's they're hearing all about the, the murder that happened. No, she gets a call. And they're like, you know what? I like a scary movie. And do you, do you want to know who this is? And she pulls up a caller ID and she's like, I got it. And that's proof that like she's getting harassed all the time. And because Stab came out, she's getting harassed more nowadays. And she's so, kind of like over it at yeah. this point. Like just kind of taking it in stride, it seems like. Yeah. She's just like, there's more now. It'll die down. It's fine. I'm, I don't need to change my number. Like she's fine with it. But that did point out that she's like famous yeah. for what she went through. She then turns on the TV and it's Inside Edition or the movie's version of Inside Edition, mm-hmm. which I had a note. Why is Inside Edition on in the morning? Yeah. Glaring, good glaring disconnect there. But they're interviewing Cotton, the person from Scream 1 that she thought was the killer who ended up not being the killer. She ruined his life. Went to, he went to jail for a year. Um, the reason... I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. Yeah. So, but it is important to know that she ruined Cotton's life. Yeah. Uh, and he's not thrilled about that. That's well, not his favorite. But he's also not like. He's like. We'll, we'll see Cotton later. He's seeking publicity for it. He is turning it into a, a media personality. He's seeking publicity and money. He wants to be yeah. paid for press appearances to talk about this experience. Which I think. That's a tone that's running through this whole movie of what the media's role in stuff like this is. And that's exacerbated by the fact that this quote unquote real story got turned into a sensationalist horror movie that is potentially influencing. I remembered why I wanted to bring this up. That's potentially influencing people to do these acts on their own. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm bringing this up is because. She's talking to her friend about it. Her friend's like, don't worry about it. It's not related. The murder that happened at the movie theater. She's like, it was at the premiere of Stab. And the killer was wearing a ghost face mask. And that's where I said, that's what they call the mask. <laughs> okay. That's ghost face. Ghost face. I've never heard him called ghost face. And maybe that's just my ignorance. But I've always heard it the screen mask. Yeah. They you know? call it ghost face in the Wikipedia. Thing. Yeah. So... Maybe that's just because I never watched Scream 2 onward. Like, maybe it's widely accepted yeah. that it's Ghostface, and it's because the other four movies from that franchise, or three movies, pretty firmly established that. Yeah. And that's why it's foreign to me. Yeah. So after this interaction, the next thing I think that we should talk about is when she gets to school and she is just accosted, or she, I guess, leaves her dorm, and she's, like, accosted by reporters including um, Courtney Cox, Mm -hmm. whose name in the movie I couldn't tell you. I just called her Courtney Cox in my head the whole time. (laughs) Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers. Gail Weathers. From the first movie. Incredible hair. Saves her. Her hair is so great. The red streaks are aspirational. Yeah. And um, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne, whose name I also couldn't tell you. Lori Metcalf. Lori Metcalf. And is, what's her name in the movie? Aunt Jackie. Yeah, it's Aunt Jackie. I don't know her name. Yeah, uh, I don't think we get her name. But Aunt, so Aunt Jackie and Courtney Cox uh, and others are questioning her, uh, just a, along with other reporters, just like a barrage of questions about the murder. And then Gail Weathers, ha, 
um, okay. convinces her to give her an interview. And that's when she springs on her. She's on, got cotton. That she's got cotton with her. Yeah. Some bullshit. Yeah. I was furious. Yeah. And that's Gail's thing. She is, she'll do anything to get the... The scoop. The scoop. The story. The the spotlight. To his credit, Cotton did not know. Cotton didn't know. And that's the thing. And he I was think, pissed. Yeah. Cotton is trying to make a career out of this, but he's also trying to... Like, he's not hiding that fact or trying to obscure it. He's just genuinely like, no, I want to tell my story and I want to get paid for my story because it's a pretty unique story, you know? Yes. Oh, also, I guess before this scene, there's a scene in a classroom, and I just want to say that yeah. Buffy is in it. This is where we meet all of her friends. All of her friends, including Buffy. Right. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is how the movie went in my head. And Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. <gasps> Baby face Timothy yeah. Oliphant, who at first, I did not, I was like, I know that face, yeah. and I couldn't place it. And when you said it was Timothy Oliphant, I was shook. And so, after, uh, yes, like, wait, wait. So then in the next scene, it was Monica Geller and then Aunt Jackie, at which point I wrote, the whole 90s is in this movie. In between those two scenes, mm -hmm. she runs into her boyfriend, Jerry O'Connell. Oh, yeah. And then in a subsequent scene, like right after, the Noxima girl and Portia de Rossi are Can like sorority please girls. name the Noxima girl. It is so sad that her star yeah. shined and faded. Almost as abruptly as she died on 90210. Yeah. She so, was great. Yeah. She was great in this. Well, let's 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 name her then. Alrighty. <laughs> Noxima Girl. Rebecca Gayhart. Yes, Rebecca Gayhart. Who's fantastic. Really good actor. Beautiful. And in some really high profile roles. Like I can't figure out what happened. Yeah. You know? I would watch a documentary about her. I'd read a sum summary of a documentary about her. I'd watch the yeah. whole thing. Okay. Oh, also, I wanted to say, um, oh, no. So in the next scene, I guess, when we do meet Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi, Portia de Rossi doesn't have a huge part in this, right? No. Neither yeah. does Rebecca Gayhart, really. They're the sorority girls. Yeah. So we, we see them, and um, in that same scene, Nev Campbell's boyfriend comes up. And the conversation, yes, and the conversation that we have with him, I feel like they're trying to lead you to think that he's the killer. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, um, and then right after that, my next note is I think Timothy Oliphant is the killer. Mm. And Timothy Oliphant plays a character who's this is 1997, you know, the phones don't have videos on them cameras on them um <laughs> so he's walking around documenting the whole world with a handheld camcorder yeah we should also remind everyone that in the 90s um cell phones were just starting to become sort of a thing and it was so expensive yeah. to make a call the per like, minute was very expensive it was like a long like a dollar a minute yeah it was so expensive yeah. And yeah. there are some long ass cell phone There's calls some, yes. on, in this movie. Very I don't know long. who's bankrolling all these cell phone calls. Yeah. It's a lot. But also landline uh, wireless phone technology plays a major factor in one of the kills. Yeah. That's <laughs> Which true. Is very, very of the moment. So as things are amping up um, in this scene, the sorority sisters, which are um, 
Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi, they're trying to get Nev Campbell and her roommate to pledge the sorority. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, that conversation leads to a small argument between Nev Campbell and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. in which case, in which, at which point she asks him for some space. Mm-hmm. She says, I just need some space. And he gets mad and mm. says, do I get a say in this? I thought that happened later. Did that happen later? Yeah. Oh, maybe That happened so. later when she was like actively being pursued by a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is like, I think you might need to just stay away from me. And he said, do I get a say? Yeah. And I think I yelled, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of sucks. This boyfriend kind of sucks. He's very fratty. And he's portrayed, I think, as the good kind of frat boy. Yeah. And so I think like you're right. Like he does kind of suck. Yeah. He just doesn't completely suck. Yeah. He's not like. He's altruistic, but he's not sensitive. Yeah. He's a very 90s guy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's condense. So they go to a sorority party. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're at the sorority house. Rebecca Gayhart, Portia de Rossi's sorority. There is a sober sister. That's staying back at the actual sorority house in case, you know, one of the, I don't know if that's a real thing or not. This The movie kind of throws out a lot of sorority and fraternity rules and norms that you just kind of have to shrug and be like, I guess. Yeah. Um, so she's, Sarah Michelle Geller is back at the sorority house by herself, watching TV, gets a phone call. Who's on the phone? She thinks it's her drunk boyfriend, Tim. It's not. It's not Tim. It's. That's scary, babies. <laughs> um, so there's your first kill yes. segment. Yeah, so I do think it was a flub then. No, it was not a f- what? So in that scene, when she's on the phone, a lot of stuff happens that the details of don't matter. But at one point, she's on the phone and the front door is open. Mm-hmm. And we see the killer like kind of out of focus behind her. Mm-hmm. Like sneak into the house. And then she closes the door and sets the alarm. So that's supposed to be our, oh no, you you don't know what you're doing. But like she's on the phone with the killer and we watch the killer walk into the house and we were like, did they mess up? Right. Is that intentional? Is that a clue or did they mess up? So we speculated on that for the next hour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So put a pen in that and I guess we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. You you want to have another candy? Sure. This is is wearing on me. Okay, this bag has four kinds of candy. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't think we have to eat all of them. It has Sour Patch Kids. I think we can say been there, done that. I think we've been there, done that with all of these. What are these? What, well, so there's Sour Patch Kids. Okay. Amazing. Love them. Amazing. Kids love them. Get the Sour Patch Kids. This was also one of the only, um, there were a lot of assortment bags, mm-hmm. but even the ones that had vegan candy had a lot of like milk chocolate yeah. in them. But this assortment bag it has a big mummy on it. It's Ooh. got 55 pieces and it has Sour Patch Kids, Twizzlers, Twizzler Pull and Peels, which I have not had. Yeah, let's do the Pull and Peel. We'll do a Pull and I think, peel. and the other one's what? Jolly Rancher? Jolly Rancher Lollipops, which I'm assuming is just a Jolly mm. Rancher on a stick. Anyway. Are there, sorry. Go on. What are the flavors of the Jolly Rancher? Like maybe there's a weird flavor that we can try. Let me get in the bag. Ooh, she's getting in. She's literally getting in the bag. Climbing into this huge bag of candy. It's bottomless. Cherry pink lemonade. Oh, yeah. Let's go for that. Okay. So we got watermelon. We'll just watermelon is like a, mind. that's, to me, that is the Jolly Rancher flavor. I hate watermelon. I think it's awful. I liked 
So here and a Twizzler pull and peel. When I was a child, Jolly Ranchers came before. I think even they came in like their little rectangle default form. Now they came as a big stick. You remember this? It was about a foot long. No. And you peeled it back, and it was probably like the width of like a comb. Look at how much wrapper there is. Yeah. Watch as I reveal this lollipop. Oh, it's hello, so guy. <laughs> oh, I thought it was cherry and pink lemonade. Oh, no. But here. I took oh. a little piece off. Dave, Dave is making quite quite the face. I had to get past the, the coating. There's a coating. Okay, I think I got just the coating. Mm. Ooh, I like this. It's I tart. I don't like it. It tastes like I'm eating a bath bomb. I can see that, but I still like it. Mm. Not Ooh, for me. I'd eat the sweet. cherry one, though. Can you pull the cherry one out and I'll eat it later? Mm-hmm. They're next to you. Oh. Should we save this Twizzler pull and peel? No. Right. This isn't a very compelling part of the, the episode. I don't it's a nice think. break. We can just jump to the... like, I don't think we need to like... All right. So this is like... It looks like a Twizzler, kind of. I guess it's made of a bunch of little ropes and you pull a rope off. Here, have a... I'll give it to you. You can pull your own peel. Thanks. Feel my own pull? Mm-hmm. So I will say at the sorority house, a Dave Matthews song is playing. And it's very strange that it's not like one of the hits for the Dave Matthews song. I like this candy. Go on. It's like Twizzlers, but a little more tart. I feel like this candy was unnecessary. (laughs) It exists only to give people something to do. Like the pull, it's like string cheese. The pulling, it, it's the fun of handling the food. Yeah, I will say I enjoyed part. that part of it. I'd rather have a Twizzler. Yeah, I do love a Twizzler. I couldn't find any Twizzlers that weren't packaged with like a Milky yeah. Way. Yeah. No, you did good. You did a good job. Thank you. So, Sarah Michelle Geller gets killed. Like runs up to the top of the sorority house, gets stabbed. No, he does not stab her. He just throws her over. He throws her through the glass. Oh, through the glass, stabs her, throws her over. Yeah. Brutal. Ghostface is going to stab you. Yeah. He's going to stab you. He's got that magic knife. He's going to use it. Yeah. Or she. We don't know. Okay. And uh, it's the 90s. Yeah. We're we're progressive now. Yeah. So. um, I got to say, I was reacting too hard to the voice and being like, it can't be a woman because it's the voice, but it's the voice box. Could be anybody. Yeah. So she gets stabbed, and then what is that? <laughs> so then Dave just did a cigar motion yeah, with his classic, Twizzler pull and peel. Made you literally LOL. It did. You got me. So the police get called. They're all going to the sorority house. Then the party that's happening at a different, I think, the frat house probably. Rebecca Gayhart is like, "Hey." Cars, are, cop cars are pulling up to the sorority house. Let's go check it out. Like they're excited by this. Yeah, they probably think it's something dumb, like drunk and disorderly. Maybe, yeah. So everybody leaves to go check it. Everybody leaves to go yeah, check it out. Yeah, the whole party is like, let's go check this out. Watch our friends get arrested. Neff Campbell goes back inside. Ghostface is in the house. Of course, chases her around the house. They have a good time. Um, Neff gets outside. 
There's the That's boyfriend. That's where the, the knife comes through the door. Oh, right. The knife goes through yeah. the door. Just yeah. straight through the door. Yeah. The front door. Yep. So, and yeah. then when she gets outside, the her boyfriend is there. Yep. And she's like, when did you get here? And he was like, just moments ago. Yeah. And then he goes in after the killer and ends up stabbed. Like conveniently cleanly stabbed. Yeah. Killed. Just like a slice wound on the arm that will heal quickly. Like he chases after him. The door closes. Then Dewey shows up. By the way, Dewey's back. David Arquette. Oh, yeah. He, We're bad at this. We are bad, bad at, at this, this, everybody. But um, So he shows up again. He's kind of unofficially trying to help out because he hears that this is starting up again. Yeah, he's there to basically bodyguard for her. And uh, form a relationship with... Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. No, no, sorry. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox. My head is spinning yeah, with all the 90s true. talent in this movie. So that's where, like... Jerry O'Connell runs through, the door closes. Dewey runs through, opens the door again. And that's where Jerry O'Connell's like slumped against the wall. He's like, he got me. But really, he's just got a deep cut in his arm. Yeah. And later we find out there's like no nerve damage or ever, anything. He's just got to like rest up. Ghostface is nowhere to be seen. So they're all like, oh, that's weird that you, the pre-med student, somehow got cut in a way that didn't really like hurt you. Yeah. It's a little sus. Yeah. A little sus. <laughs> That's right. So the boyfriend is like the prime suspect at this moment. So that's where the police assign like a security detail to Sydney that doesn't really seem. They seem very inept. Yeah. yeah. She's got two detectives on her that they follow her around. That's where she's like, listen, Jerry O'Connell. Maybe you don't need to spend so much time with me. Oh, yeah. That's when He's they have like, the conversation. Do you think it's because I'm trying to kill you? And she's like, eh? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. She did like medium accuse him. And then <laughs> and then he gets mad. Do I get a say in this? You don't. You don't, sir. And if you're suspected of being a killer, you definitely don't. Yeah. But even outside of that, it's just like, she doesn't want you around. Don't back, be around. Back off. It's the 90s, not the 80s. So for someone who thought that this candy. It was fun. <laughs> Dave finished the whole, I had one peel of the pull and peel and Dave ate the whole rest of it. One peel at a time. It is fun and it tastes good. Twizzlers is like the, the, the uncandy. Eating it is like not eating candy. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it didn't happen. The second you stop doing it, it's like it didn't happen. You don't fill up on Twizzlers. You don't get a stomachache from Twizzlers. No, I'll tell you a story. I used to drive up to D.C. once a year to do a craft market with my friend, Christy. We would drive 10 hours up to D.C. and 10 hours back. And our driving trip, so that we could take fewer stops because a 10-hour drive sucks, was we would just eat Twizzlers the whole time. Because you wouldn't get overly full, but you would also never get hungry. Terrible idea. It was a... I don't know what it was about Twizzlers. We just would... We just had a... would get a king-size bag of Twizzlers and eat them all the way up 95. Um... So let's move on to. Well, so there's a long cell phone scene. There's yeah. another scene. It is happens in the, the daytime. In the quad? In the quad, yeah. Where Randy, who we also didn't mention, is back. He's the guy who did all the movie meta call outs from the first scream. He's like a movie buff. Oh, yeah, the friend. And, yeah. And he's the one that's like pulling the curtain back and being like, this is what the, he's the voice of, this is what the movie's doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and this is what you should be thinking and all that. So he is with Gail Weathers, Dewey, 
right? Is Dewey there? And the cameraman. And the cameraman. Gail Weathers' cameraman, who threatened to quit earlier, and she talked him into staying. Right, right. Um, he, something happens to gross him out or piss him off, and he leaves. I thought he went to get coffee. Donuts. When he... When we meet him later, mm-hmm. he has donuts. He has donuts. But I thought that that was like, I thought he left because he was disgusted by something. Oh, maybe. Or maybe just annoyed by something. And he left and all of a sudden the phone rings. Yes. Are they with Sydney? I don't think they're with Sydney. No. And um, um, But Ghostface calls them, yes. calls Gail. And at this moment, it's kind of feeling like it's the cameraman. Right. Because of all the video stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, cameraman leaves and all of a sudden Gail gets a call from Ghostface. Uh, Randy distracts him on the phone while Gail and Dewey run around like trying to find all the people who are on cell phones. This is like a 10 minute scene. Just tackling people on cell phones right. <laughs> while, <laughs> while they rack up phone charges in the quad. And they need to do like seriously people all over the quad are on their cell phones and they need to do like a. Sherlock style graphic over each person on a cell phone call, like tallying up the rate that they're, <laughs> of the length of their call, like $2, you know, um, because there's probably like triple digits numbers of, of phone bills being racked up during this scene. Oh yeah. hundred you know? percent. They don't find them. They tackle one man to the ground yeah. because they, they're like, they say white male cell phone yeah. and they both run at him and tackle him to the ground, grab his phone. And when they hear that it's a woman, because it, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's not a woman on the other end, uh, they give him the phone back and yeah. are like, sorry, and just well, walk away. On one, they go up to a woman who's on the phone, pull it out of her hand, listen to it, and then throw the phone. <laughs> it was just... Oh. Anyway, Randy gets killed by Ghostface. He gets lured <laughs> over to the van, the the news van, and then gets pulled into it and just like brutally killed. Yeah. And the blood's dripping out of the van. Eventually, Gail and Dewey find that Randy's done. And then cameraman arrives and that's when he's got the Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And then he's got some donuts and then he sees that and he's like, whoa. Hashtag sponsor. He's got to go. Which I would like to just real quick uh, have a food blogger complaining moment. When I share a product that has been given to me or I'm being paid to share, mm-hmm. I have to disclose that visually and in words. Yeah. But movies do that shit all the time. Yeah. No hashtag sponsored goes up on the screen for those Dunkin' Donuts or that Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Or there was another one where I was like, I don't know. Why, I just think why it's would some they? bullshit. Why would they have to? Why do I have to? Because you're endorsing it. They're just using it. I get, but then even if I just use it, I have to just close. Yeah, if to? they gave it to me, yeah. Or what? I mean, in theory, the FTC can come for you. Who? The FTC. Who? The whole one. It's big spooky FTC. They are they big and spooky. They, they have come after bloggers. Face? Bigger ones than me. Yeah. But they will There's come. There's no bigger blogger than you, Becky. Oh, honey. Anyway, let's move on. Back to the movie. Okay. Should we so... try another candy? What? We've got so many. Do we? We just have like two more. Yeah, but this is another multi-bag. What's in there? Got the laugh tap. I like that. It's got nerds, which are a combo of guava and mango. Oh, man. And then the laffy taffy is guava and pineapple. Oh, man. I know. 
This has got a lot of Day of the Dead kind yeah, of Yeah, this it. has got a Dia de Muertos um, like styling to the bag. And I think the flavoring is probably, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it's 90 pieces. And um, yeah. Okay. This bag is hard to open. This bag is hard to open. Oh, it's um, this. it's not like the two-sided nerds. You have to choose. Right. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Mango or guava? Both. Okay. Here, wait. I want to start with the guava. Okay. That's okay. I want to end with the mango, mango chili. chili. Yeah. So you guava really buried the lead there. And mango chili. Nerds. This guy's gonna have a little kick. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. This is the best thing I've ever had in my whole life. The guava ones are good too. You wanna swap? Oh. These are ah. really good. Oh we my should gosh. get more of these so oh we can gosh. have them all the time. I'm having so much fun right now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to eat the mango one. Oh, gosh, oh my so gosh! Came out. I gotta wait for the, all the flavor to go away before. I don't want to mess with this at all. Oh my gosh! What a delight! Oh my gosh! It's so good. I still haven't eaten the other one because I'm still tasting. Ooh, it's like tart and spicy. Mm. Yum yum mm. yum! I'll close this up. You can have the rest. I would, but I think it would give me a tummy ache after the big breakfast. I think those will be a letdown as a second, but they were very good as a first. I'd love to get one of the side-by-sides where you can also do a mix. I think they'd be good half and half. Is it okay for, for nerds to do this? That's enough for me to say. It does make know. me wonder. This, nerds wearing a luchador mask. I don't know. I honestly don't. Is this representation or is it appropriation? Yeah. I can't tell. I don't know. That chili, that mega chili though, holy wow! Oh uh, yeah, the the guava paled in comparison. I should you have had it first. Them. I'm not gonna eat the rest of the guava ones. They're good though. Oh, uh, I think that'd be a fun one on Halloween. Yeah, these are the these are the big surprise of the day. I think. Okay, so oh, what? Was, oh, we're not doing laffy taffy. Oh yeah, get out the laffy taffy. I forgot about the laffy taffy. There's pineapple and there's also guava. Okay. We don't each need a pineapple. We'll split. What? I'm not going to eat a whole Laffy Taffy. We're going to share a Laffy Taffy? Just twist it in half. Getting on to me. <laughs> Am I really? Yes. Sorry. Um, so they go, they, they realize that they've got footage maybe of Ghostface because it happened on the quad. So they go to the TV facilities on campus. No, they realize they have the footage because she's had her cameraman taking like um, right on the scene of each thing. And since the killer has been there, right, um, but then, they're like, he's on the footage. But then what I wonder is, why do they got to go to this place to watch the footage? This Lofty Taffy is great. A lot of chewing, though. I can't do it. Like they got a whole van that has VCRs and stuff in it. The murder van. The police impounded it. Oh, gotcha. Also, it'd be gross. Yeah. You have to clean it. Mm -hmm. 
So instead, they break into the school mm-hmm. to find a VCR. They go into a classroom. They put the they find a VCR in an open classroom, and then a romantic moment begins. Yeah, they start making out and groping each other. Because she hands him the v- the tape to put in the machine, and their hands brush, and their eyes lock, and they start making out on and the this, desk. This is a flame that's been, yeah, burning since Scream One. So this is like a big moment. And then Ooh. what happens while they're making out? Yeah, I like this. I like this guava one better than the nerds. I like this guava one better than the pineapple laffy taffy too. Same. So the guava laffy taffy and then the mango chili nerds were both slam dunks for me. Mango chili nerds do not put another candy in the same sentence as the mango chili nerds. <laughs> mm. These are so good. So they're making out and groping each other. And then a, a screen comes alive with footage. And Gail is like, oh, that's not from my camera. And they look up at who's projecting it. Who is it? It's, it's ghost, the ghost it's face. Ghost face. <laughs> it's ghost face. It's ghost face, everyone. Oh, and the footage changes to live to footage of them on the desk. <laughs> You're like, hold on. Let me check my notes as to who that was. I was like, did we get an identity at this point? <laughs> Um, and so a chase begins. Yeah. They get split up. Mm-hmm. I forget why. Oh, he falls down the stairs because yeah. he's not walking so great because he got stabbed and he it caused nerve damage. One, yeah. Yep. Um, so he falls down the stairs. Yep. Tells her to go on, I guess, because she leaves him. She's telling her to get out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so she's trying to get out, but she gets like twisted around and ends up in a recording booth. Yeah. Like one of those ones with like a big soundproof glass. And she locks the door and then she's like kind of hiding there trying to figure out her next move. And she's turned around, but Dewey comes in and Dewey can see her through the glass. So he's coming up and trying to get her attention, but she can't hear him. And then Ghostface comes up behind Dewey, gah, stabs him. And then she watches through the glass as he gets killed. Right. Unable to do anything. Yeah. I guess you can't get quickly into the other room. Well, there's also a killer. Also, there. there's a killer. <laughs> so she gets out of there. Yeah. Well, then the killer comes for her Mm -hmm. and she barricades the door. And then the killer, this is one of my favorite things. And I said this to you last night about Ghostface. I loved it so much. Is that he he is flawed. He's not good at what he's doing. So he can't get into the door. He just starts trying to throw things against the the production glass. Before that, there's a crack in the door that's Mm -hmm. big enough for his arm, but not for his body. And he puts his arm through and is just (laughs) flailing. And the sound effects are like... It's like, so good. He's like, I might stab you. Just like right, thrashing his right. arm around. So good. But that's like I love it about Ghostface is that he's not like a supernaturally like adept or graceful killer. Like he's fast. He's super fast. And he can be really quiet. But in a chase, like he's tripping, he's falling over, he's making bad decisions, like p- trying to pick things up and throw them. He's able to be like caught off guard. He's like very human and flawed. Like, and it reinforces that it's just a dude dressed up who's trying to kill people, you mm-hmm. know? Like, it's not anything more thoughtful than that or more trained than that, you know? Yeah. Which I think is really endearing about him, yeah. you know? Also, we, we did not mention this bullshit play that Nev Campbell is in. Nev Campbell's in a bullshit play. She's in a That's play. That's all we need to know for She's her. like 
at the centerpiece of a play. She's the lead she's, of the play. She's playing Cassandra in like some Greek tragedy. In Oedipus. Yes. Yeah. And she's talking to her teacher, the director, about like, yeah, it's really tough to like focus right now because I was in this murder that's really popular right now. And then the murderer is trying to murder me again. He's just like, you just got to make it part of your process. And then we find out that the scene that she was referring to that she was afraid to do is one where she gets surrounded by people in masks that look very much like the ghost face mask. And they're making stabbing motions at her. So I can't imagine what she could find triggering right. about that. Terribly irresponsible of the teacher to be like, just play through. Yeah. Play with pain. Your whole career rides on whether or not you can move past your trauma in this moment. And also, it's like, th- she has an episode during it that we don't know if Ghostface is actually there stabbing her or if she's just like envisioning it because the scene is so intense. Yeah. And do we ever get resolution on no. that? Not really. Yeah. No. Um, so she's in this play, very yeah. elaborate set with moving yeah. parts and everything. It's pretty wild. The only reason I bring it up is because it comes back later. Yeah. But so, yeah, Dewey's dead. Gail escapes. Uh, Sydney and her friend are being escorted to a secret location by the two cops to yes. keep them safe. She asks, where are we going? And the cop said, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Which, Which is a terrible fuck? joke. <laughs> terrible joke to make yeah. in that situation. Uh, they and get as to, he's turned around making that terrible joke is when Ghostface breaks the driver's side window and kills them both. Yeah. Kills one of them. Kills one of them. What happens to the other one? Are you are you loading <gasps> oh, me up or are you? <laughs> he kill, It's the passenger window. He breaks and he kills the passenger and then... He gets them both out. Yeah. He gets them out, kills one. Right. He gets in the car he to try to... Thinks he's killed both. Yes. And then out of nowhere, the other the one of the detectives jumps onto the hood of the car. Right. Tries to shoot him. Or like points the gun at him. Goes for his guns it. He falls onto the... The hood. There's a weird driving sequence where Ghostface is is panicked driving again. Again, not good. Like flawed driver, yeah. making bad choices, <laughs> and gets into a, a. He crashes the car. The cop who's on the passenger side of the hood gets like a pipe, like right through his head. Just like, horrible. Like right through his head, coming out the front of his head into the windshield, and I could not watch. Uh, Ghostface is knocked out. And so Sydney and her friend Hallie are trying to get out. Their their doors don't work. They have it's to a like break. Yeah, it's a cop car. They have to break the barrier between the passenger seat and the driver's side, or the back seat and the front seat. And they have to climb through, and then they have to climb over Ghostface to get out. And you can't tell if Ghostface is really knocked out, if he's playing possum, or what. But a pretty tense scene. Um, Sydney. Almost takes his mask off at that point. And then decides that she would rather get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, her her elbow hits the horn when she does it. <gasps> right. And so she like panics and, and does it. They both get out. She They get away a little bit. And she's like, no, I got to go. I got to go take his mask off. I got to go find out who it is. Hallie's like, let's just get the hell out of here. Oh, what Hallie says oh. is <laughs> smart people run away. <laughs> and I agree, Hallie. Yeah. yeah. You live to fight another day. But I was on Sydney's side at that point. I was yelling it to you. <laughs> I was like, if she takes the mask off, it's all over. Like, you know, like, you know who it is. Yeah. Uh, but she goes back to the car. Ghostface is gone. Again, nimble. Yeah. Nimble if 
flawed but nimble. Uh, she turns around to yell back at her friend Hallie. That's where Ghostface is. He kills Hallie. Yeah. Sydney gets away. Um, Doesn't he chase her back to campus at this point? He does chase her back to campus. To the theater. To the theater. I don't know how she specifically ends up at the theater, but her boyfriend, Jerry O'Connell, is there. He got dinged by the fraternity because another fraternity norm is that you don't give your necklace with your Greek letters on it to a, a girl. But he did it to show like how committed he was to her, and it worked uh, for some reason. And he did the "you've lost that love and feeling" thing from uh, Top Gun, mm-hmm. where he like got up on the table and sang to her, and the whole like cafeteria was on board with it too, which is also like that does not impress anybody. No, and it was a Partridge Family song, which was also weird. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he gets dinged by the fraternity for that. The fraternity kind of does like a hazing thing with him in response they basically crucify him right, <laughs> they, they tie crucify him to him. a thing and hang him up in the rafters of the theater and like force feed him alcohol and stuff i think too yeah it's brutal yeah and they're all partying at the theater too so sydney goes into back into the theater and it's the aftermath of that and um the boyfriend gets like lowered down on the cross and that's where does Ghostface reveal himself at that point? Does Ghostface come in and take the mask off? Yeah, he has to. I'm looking to see if I can find it. That's where it's revealed that it's Timothy Oliphant. And Timothy yeah. Oliphant is like... Keller reveals himself. So, Oh, yeah. So she's trying to untie him. Timothy Oliphant reveals himself and right. convinces her that the boyfriend was his accomplice. Right. He says, I can't do all of that on my own. Right. Think about it. Yeah. Because that was what happened in the first scream. That was the resolution was that it was two people. Like, how could I have done all of this? How could I have made those calls? And so she doesn't untie him. Right. And Ghostface shoots him in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess Timothy Oliphant shoots him in the chest. Yeah. He's a great bad guy. Yeah, he is a good bad guy. Um, He's a good, good guy, too. He's just great. Just great all around. We're big fans of Timothy Oliphant. What's the show he was in with Rob Lowe? Oh, I don't remember. Or no, it, was, it wasn't Rob Lowe. It was Fred Savage. I don't remember. It was the... He was the... The... On the cop show, but he came back and moved back home and was famous. <gasps> oh my god, that show was so fun! <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. Oh, it was so good! It was though. like the closer or something like. It was the closer. No, it wasn't the closer. That's a Kira Sedgwick show. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Solid wreck. Solid wreck. So after he shoots the boyfriend in the chest. Out comes a second ghost face. The grinder. The grinder. Gosh, the grinder is excellent. If you can find it, you should watch it. It's a real delight. Um, Who the second killer reveals herself. And it's Aunt Jackie. It's Aunt Jackie. It's the reporter who doted on Gail Weathers. She has like this running thing the whole movie where she's like an obsessive fan of Gail Weathers. Mm Mm-hmm. Should we wrap up with some popcorn before we do the rest, last part? Yeah, sure. All right. You want to share this? Boom, chicka pop. I mean, I've had this before. Yeah, but have you had it lately? No. Let's see if they've changed their recipe. So this is like a Halloween branded uh, multi-pack of Boom, chicka pop. Good looking package. Yeah. It's really Halloween-y and cute. The individuals are not Halloween-y at all, but it's individuals of their sweet and salty kettle corn. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite kettle corn it's very sweet and very salty 
<laughs> I love it a lot. There's a real popcorn scene that we're talking about, too. Mm-hmm. Thought it would be a good to end with the So popcorn. she comes in, reveals herself to be Billy's mother from Scream 1. Billy is the boy, is Nev Campbell's boyfriend, who actually was the killer. So she kills him in Scream 1. And um, Aunt Jackie's out for revenge. Mm-hmm. So she put out a classified... Yeah, unclear about that, really. Which Timothy Oliphant responded to, and she groomed him as a serial killer. And then they'd been coordinating all of this. Got him into college. Oh, I'd have missed that part. I was laughing too hard. Because she paid for his college. That's right. She That's paid right. for him to go to college so he could befriend her um, and murder everyone around her. Way also, easier ways to kill somebody. Way easier. I will also... Like you just kill him. My favorite thing about this scene, though, is the face acting that Aunt Jackie did. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's my great. gosh. She's her, great. Her scary eyes. Wow. She's she... Incredible. Like, she is on a different, like, plane of existence than the rest of the people in that in that scene. Yeah. So good. Like, she's just like, because, like, her mind is out there, too. Yeah. She is she just... she plays it that way. A mother who has... Snapped under the weight of grief. It yeah. is. She's so good. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> she shoots Gail Weathers, sure which does. is like a, a good full circle mm-hmm. of kind of what that little thread has been going on the whole movie. Shoots Timothy Oliphant. She's like, your job's done. Oh, yeah. Which I'm like, well, you paid for college. Yeah. I'm going to see a return on that investment. So she and Sydney go back and forth, run around, doing all the stuff, hiding. Sydney gets an axe. Tries to get her with an axe. Guns going all over the place. Um, props are going all over the place. Sydney cuts, uh, uses the axe to cut one of the ropes holding the stage light. The stage light falls, doesn't quite hit her. Then she and Jackie get shot by Dewey. No, no, shit. Cotton. Cotton. Cotton comes in, saves the day. That's right. Kills Aunt Jackie. Um, he like shoots her and then he looks at the gun in his hand like and yeah. it, it was he did a good job too yeah he was good in this movie he was good and also I feel like his arc was Leif really Schreiber sorry I didn't mean to cut you off oh that's okay I felt like his arc was really interesting too because he kind of comes in as this guy he's very pushy with Sydney about what he wants her to do an interview oh this is actually important he wants her to do an interview with Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer, because he's been offered $10,000 for this interview, but it has to be with her. And she doesn't want to do it because she's not interested in the spotlight. But I guess he needs the money. And I guess this $10,000 would change his life. And he's a real jerk about it to her throughout the movie. very pushy. But then he comes in at the end and saves the day. And you kind of see that he's kind of, at least he's not a killer. Yeah. Like he's got an ethical compass because he kills a person and is like, holy shit. Yeah. And like he saves Sydney who arguably ruined his life by putting him in jail for a year. So aunt Jackie comes, pops back up. Right. Grabs Sydney. Right. And then he saves her because she agrees to do the interview. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I think, I don't know. I feel like that was a jokey layer added onto it. Mm hmm. Because I don't think Jackie pops up. I think that's the first like part of it. Oh, yeah. Maybe it is. Um, because there is a second beat. Yes. But yeah, it's it's weird. Like she's holding it. 
Cotton's got the gun and it's kind of a left and right <laughs> through the through the trigger sights kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um and then Jackie just doing some incredible face yeah. acting. And then Nev Campbell's like, I'll do the interview with you. And he goes, Okay, and shoots immediately. Just instant. Like instant. I think that's gotta be the joke. You mm-hmm. know? Like I don't know. I don't know why I'm jumping to Cotton's defense that he was always going to be that good guy. So but then, I think it was that he was always kind of that good guy, you know? So then they're having their little denouement moment where they're like, whew, we did it. And at that moment, there is a scream, like a roar. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant, who is not dead, comes leaping from the side. And doesn't he just get shot in midair? It's oh, like yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember who shoots it. <laughs> but it's I think Cotton cool. does. Yeah, probably. But then the second beat I was thinking of was that uh, Sydney walks up to Aunt Jackie and just shoots her in the forehead oh. and says, just to be sure. That's good. Which is like, I, I don't know. That seemed really like gruesome to me in a way that betrayed everything else. And like all of the other violence in the movie was I'm trying to find like an objective way to say it. Like it was all necessary violence. Or like perpetrated by the killer. Right. But it like Even had like, to happen to to make the next thing happen, I guess is what I'm saying. I think it shows how traumatized she is and I how just guess. over it, it she is. Yeah. But it felt very, again, like not a self-defense thing. It I don't know. It felt kind of monstrous. Yeah. And that surprised me because all of her, I'm not saying she wasn't justified. I'm trying to be like as objective as possible, but that felt different than her fighting back for her life or her, you know, even preemptively being aggressive because she thought she was in danger. You know, all of that was understandable and and animalistic and natural. And then this one act felt kind of monstrous. Yeah, I can see that. So then they find Gail. Gail's yep. still alive. Gail's walking around. Walking around with a bullet <laughs> with a huge in the belly. Bullet wound in her belly, yeah. And that brings us pretty much to the end. Yeah. Then they just kind of wrap show it up. up. Dewey's alive. They roll him out on a stretcher. Gail's super excited. Gets in the gets in the ambulance with him. Everybody's okay with that. And then the press swarm. And Sydney's like, Cotton's your guy. Talk to Cotton. And kind of does a little redemption there. And then, uh, yeah, that's the movie. We fade to black. Do we? Sure. Oh, then we go to the credits. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which features a, like, three-second motion of each main character that then freezes into a still frame. Like they died or something. First of all. There's a ska version of that song from the cafeteria. I love you, so what am I so afraid of? That song. But it's a ska version of that yeah. song. Terrible. Very 90s. And then these freeze frames, it's like a couple seconds of slow-mo, then then a couple, and then that freeze frames yeah. of them. With it's like, like a, an in-memoriam. Yeah. It's very, maybe my favorite part of the movie. Oh, it was really? really just a showcase of the 90s yeah. talent throughout this movie, yeah. which which was... For me, one of the highlights, I don't love a horror movie because I don't like to be scared. And um, for me, like gruesome violence like that is something I'll put up with. If you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't enjoy that part. I'll put up with it to get the rest of the movie. Yeah. And so for me, it was like seeing Tori spelling like these were the moments that made that offset the things that I had to cover my eyes. for. Yeah. 
I didn't or have, didn't cover my eyes in time for. I'm not a huge fan of gore, like ultra gore, but I can handle gore pretty well. Like this level of gore, like it didn't really bother me that much. Um, I do hate jump scares. I hate jump scares so much. This movie had quite a few. And usually that's that's a big no for me. If a movie is a jump scare type of movie, I'm not going to watch it. The thing I like about Scream is it's got those jump scares. It telegraphs them, but you're still surprised by the jump when it happens. Well, some they do some fake outs too. Yeah. So you don't ever know for sure that it's coming. But also like the the moment continues past the jump scare and there's always a lot of space to have a lot of fun once all the cards are on the table and not a lot of horror movies are like that. So like you, most of Ghostface's entries into the kills are kicked off with a jump scare. It's something that happens out of nowhere, happens very quickly, is meant to make you jump. But then there's like three or four minutes to each scene where they're just running around. It's like Looney Tunes. They're just <laughs> running around. They're throwing props at each other. There's sometimes, you know, pretty big set pieces, which is another thing I wanted to talk about. But like, so it's just a, a lot of fun to be had. And for me, like I can put up with the jump scares as long as there's a, another great reason to be there, you know? Yeah, what you were saying, the moving pieces, there was the sets played a lot into this movie, like the scene where Gail is being chased through the recording studio, like there's all this, it's all soundproofed walls and she's like inching around and keeps almost getting caught and like ducking around corners that I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, and like the camera work of it to making it feel so cramped and like Mm -hmm. you're having to make quick decisions in a very narrow space with very few options. And one wrong option is going to be it for you, like if you make a wrong choice. And then it, the last scene I, is probably the biggest set scene. Yeah. It's um, like at one point, Sydney's trying to get away and the killer keeps lowering set pieces yeah. to block her in. Yeah. And then in the end of that scene, when Timothy Oliphant first gets killed, he falls and all these set pieces fall yeah. on top of him. That's right. And the whole time Dave and I are like, what are those going to be made of? They're right. like foam. They're <laughs> right. not very heavy. Right. Um, and then we turned out to be right because right. he leaps up out of there. <laughs> but too, like I think the, the production in this one, it's a lot more, the scenes are a lot more produced as scenes it feels like. And I think I'm thinking of like Sydney's play where there's the stabbing and she's having kind of the the trauma happening during that stabbing scene Mm -hmm. like that's a very produced scene and it's produced in a way that's like a 90s drama like 90s teen drama really in in how it happens and how it it has that trauma like displayed for her but it's also something where i try to think through like other wes craven movies that i'd seen or even other like standard horror movies that I'd seen. And none of them really go through the effort to create a scene like that or an emotion like that, or, and to do it in a way that's so polished and produced. And I think there were a lot of those moments throughout this movie and throughout like the first scream too. like that Drew Barrymore scene is really meticulously produced. And I think that really, that level of care really sets it apart and makes it feel like a really polished experience that that sets it apart, like I was saying, from even other Wes Craven movies. I think for me that that is why I like the Scream movies 
even though I don't in general go for horror movies because, I mean, it's a horror movie, but like all that self-referential stuff helps you kind of take a step back Mm -hmm. a little bit. Just like, it's almost like, I mean, it's a horror movie, but it's also a movie about horror movies. Yeah, kind of hold your hand a little bit, not in a condescending way, but in a like, no, you can have fun. Like, let me help you have fun with this. Yeah. And I just, I think it just, it like hits that analytical part of my brain. Like, I think the same part of my brain that likes to listen to like, you're wrong about or something, Uh you know, where I like having things debunked and broken down. Yeah. And I feel like scream you're like watching all this gruesome stuff but you're also like you are like kind of getting a little lesson on horror the horror genre which especially for me who doesn't want to watch a bunch of horror movies i feel like i can kind of know about it without having to 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 do the thing yeah without watching a freddy which i cannot well i think yeah like i think people whether consciously or subconsciously really appreciate having the elements of storytelling broken down for them like that again, not broken down in a way that's like lecturing or condescending or anything like that, but it's not even really super overt. Right. It's like, it's very, very natural the right. way they do it, but it, it presents it in a way that I can imagine a viewer being like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like real, you know, doesn't break the illusion. Doesn't break, the the fun of the story but it does point out things about the story that are having an impact on you and why they're having an impact on you you know Mm -hmm. and why you like characters and you know it's sometimes it gets really really close to being like completely through the looking glass but it does it really really carefully and thoughtfully and lovingly like it's done by somebody who loves making that structure and playing with that structure and wants to share that with the audience and it's it's got that not instead of but in addition to all of the makings of a great horror movie you know i agree so on a scale of one to ten yelling bernie sanders what do you give it i'll give it a nine yeah i really enjoyed it there were some eye covering moments a lot of them but like i said i feel like those were offset by the like kind of film nerd stuff mm-hmm. and the celeb sightings yeah and i would watch scream three yeah that was gonna be my question i will yeah I you're will in? Do it. yeah 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 right. especially because of the thing you said like um shit i lost it never mind forget it it's gone. What, what thing did i say <sighs> what did you say i said something good <laughs> Honey, you down. always say good stuff. Oh, you said the thing about Ghostface that it seems like maybe if we'd seen the other screams, oh. we would know. Like, I wonder if there's other like lore of the series that you pick up. You know, I mean, I'm sure there is. Maybe, uh, you know, if this, if this keeps up, maybe we uh, go on a little date, go see Scream Five in the theater. Ooh, Dave. Yeah. How many? What was it? Yelling Bernie Sanders. Yelling Bernie Sanders. How many Bernies are yelling at you about this movie? I'm going to give this one, I think, eight yelling Bernie Sanders. I think that, again, like, I loved it. I loved it. Capital L loved it. The one thing, and this is my, this is a me thing. It's not the movie's fault. Because this came out in 1997. Scream 1 came out in 1996. I think the last time I saw Scream 1 might have been like 2000. 
2001, sometime around then. I did not do my homework well enough to know, to come in warm on who these characters were and what their roles were in Scream 1. I kind of had to do a little bit of quick homework to remind myself like what Gail did, what Dewey did, like, yeah, we did some what their contributions were during the beginning. And I think that's my only ding on Scream 2 is that it really needs you to be tuned in to Scream 1 to fully get it. You don't need it to enjoy it. You can just take it as it comes and enjoy it that way. But for me, to be like, why is Dewey limping? Why, you know, um, Randy shows off his scar at some point. I'm like, ah, I can't remember which one gave him that scar. You know, all of that stuff. I feel like the movie could have paved that bridge a little bit more firmly. Yeah. So I'll ding it a little bit for that. I've said ding like 500 times on this episode. But but overall, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Can't wait to do Scream 3 with you. Yay! We're watching Dune tonight, though, so we're not doing Scream 3 tonight. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you want to have a snack? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It really helps us out, and we just love reading those five-star reviews. We might even read yours on the pod. I don't we even will. Know, I don't even know why we read this part anymore. You can also follow us at Talking Tofu on Twitter or Talking Tofu Pod on Instagram. I'm Line Leader on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Glue and Glitter on all social media. And you can find my recipes, including lots of fall soups, at glueandglitter.com. I love soup. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a food we should try, thoughts about an episode, or you just want to say hello, write to us at TalkinTofuPod at gmail.com. That's talking without the G. Talkin' Tofu is a production of Caddington Inc. Our music is by Delicate Beats. Boo! Ah! 